0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds played two games and walked away with four points. There's lots that I sacked, and you know that's what we do. Let's go!
1: Everything was just falling into place.
0: Bunky Azio cuts inside with this one. Melordi Oh, terrific on me. Canelo Forbes. Steven Dos Santos from James. And Murts. Yes! yes. Mertz. Brilliant. For those who missed the show last week, that was our new opening um, with the backing track by Millpool. Their song doesn't get any better than this. Millpool, part of Lemon Tree Records, uh, local record label in Pittsburgh. I know I mentioned that we were going to get uh, Bobby Smith on the show with us this week and I completely forgot. So Bobby, if I'm listening or if you're listening, I apologize. We will try to get you on next week. Um, Josh, you weren't here last week, man. What happened? Where? where, where
1: what you been up to? I was being a nerd, I decided to, uh, so the, the the small group of friends I went on vacation with, we decided let's have another little thing and we did a LAN party, which for you people who are not old, uh, LAN parties were what we would do before the internet was fast enough to play games on. You would go and hook all the computers together or all your Xbox, original Xboxes together and you would just play locally on the local area network uh, so that's what we did. So we had a whole night of acting like we were back in the early '90s playing uh, video games. It was fun. Nice, Kev. You were on vacation this weekend. Yeah, we
2: uh, took a long weekend to Asheville. Uh, I has got a house in in I don't want to say the forest. It was really just a patch of trees, but the views of just all trees, which was nice. Um, Yeah, got some sweet takeout. Got some sweet take out beers <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I we tried this I don't know see, I think I'm not well connected to social media or like BuzzFeed news articles but I get the feeling this has been recently going around um, but we tried a beer slushy hmm. and it was incredible granted it was with a sour beer like I don't know how well it would work with like a wheat beer or anything like that but it was with a sour. It was a sour beer slushy, and on a hot day, it, it like it was the greatest thing I have had in months. It it was so satisfying. Um, so if you get a chance to try it, or even make it at home, I want I want to figure out how to make it at home. But uh, beer slushies, they're a thing and they're they're incredible. Are you typically a beer guy? In the summer, yeah. I mean, like you know, summer hot, so I want a cold cold drink in the winter i'm more of like a whiskey person but
0: i was gonna say i i see you like sitting
2: cross-legged by a fire with your little whiskey glass just sipping away (laughs) can't Can't do that contemplating life hot humid, 95 degree weather in tennessee it doesn't feel right but uh so yeah no I, i yeah i like beer good good good
0: i was also off last week but uh we didn't really go anywhere we did sort of a like be a tourist in your own area sort of thing. So I think we spent four out of the five days hiking. We went to the Flight 93 Memorial, which I had never been to and is awesome. If you get a chance to go. I mean, considering why it's there, it's not awesome. But like the the facilities, the walking paths, the, the presentation of sort of what happened. Like I learned a bunch of stuff. Like I thought I knew what happened. And like you get there and you're like, nope, that's not what happened. And, and you learn all about it. Um, just really well put together. The kids really enjoyed it. Um, I, they, my, my middle son, like wanted to get a book and learn more about everything that happened on 911, 11, which was great. So, uh, yeah, it was really cool. If you ever get a chance, um, get out and check it out. Cause I know they've been adding stuff over the years uh, and it was, it was really kind of neat. So yeah, speaking of neat. You know, Kev, you and I talked last week about the outcome of these two games, and we were saying how many points do we think we're going to come away with? And I think you had said that you thought you know four was acceptable, and that's sort of where we ended up. So, Hounds went to Loudon, walked away with a two nothing win and three points. Um, it feels like anytime we have sort of a two games in a week, uh, it always feels like you know we're we're going way back, but we're not going far back, and as we're not going so far back, we can't have a victory beverage. So, Josh, please please. There it is. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I was just waiting. I'm like, I'm thirsty. (laughs) Like wrap this up, Mike, come on, let's go. Um, We get, we get three points at Loudon. Uh, Guys, let's, let's do some takeaways here. So, um, you know, real quick, there were two really quick goals. I think we were sort of going back and forth in sort of our little Slack chat about, you know, what what do we think the score predictions were? And I think two goals in the first 11 minutes really got us excited. One from Duba and one from Fernandez. And then it just sort of like stalled after that. So, Josh, give me a give me a takeaway from this one. Yeah,
1: it's it's kind of becoming a familiar song and dance where it's like, "Hey, kind of a disappointing match. At least we got 3 points." I you can't complain about that but to to get those two goals early in the match was great but then the rest of the game just felt like it dragged and then we got a man up uh what when was that red card uh it was so, right before the half like 46th yeah, so, yeah. yeah and that was the, the second yellow he gets a red he gets sent off and the whole second half we're up a man and it's like nothing's happening the whole yeah. second half it's it's very frustrating to watch this game um, but in the end, we we won, so we should be you know happy about it. But uh, yeah, well, and I think it wasn't it wasn't even just like we
0: weren't making anything happen. Like Loudon was taking it to us at times. Like we didn't look like the better team, and we had eleven men. Kev, you disagree?
2: Yeah, I, I think that was a false narrative by the by the commentators. Um, uh, of, of the I wasn't sp- even listening to the commentators, but go ahead. But uh, I, I think in the second half we we controlled them to the extent that we should have um i don't know i, I mean can you do you honestly remember a lot of good chances loud and created especially in the second half i can't remember a single one
0: i i remember watching the game and making the comment that i thought danny vidiello was like our best player like there were times he was making saves in the second half when like when you're up a man your keeper shouldn't necessarily be making saves.
2: I agree, but I thought in the second half he was mostly doing like really good things on things like corners, coming out and being brave and, and grabbing you know a corner in a difficult situation, or reading a play and stepping out and being a good sweeper keeper. I thought it was it was more of scenarios like that that I can recall from the Loudon game, and most of his good good moments like one-on-one or whatever came in the first half. I could be wrong with that. But but no, I, I agree with your sentiment that I think Vitiello, yeah, I, arguably man of the match. I mean, Dos Santos had another really good game. Um, but uh, I thought uh, Rivera, before he went off, was having a really good game. It was unfortunate that he went out with the yeah. injury. Um, but no, I, I think my, my overall sentiment around the game was it, it, it was just about right like it it was it was good um it's hard to complain about a two no away win no matter what the opposition is um like i said i felt like obviously you want you want to see us put the pedal to the floor when we're up a man for 45 minutes but i thought generally we controlled the game well and we created some chances i think you know a criticism might be that we weren't you know breaking a neck to try to get that third goal, we would put ourselves in good situations. And then that kind of last moment, that last second, I don't know, we just, we, we didn't have the urgency or the ruthlessness to to actually finish off the play. Um, but really, I mean, I think that's, that's the only criticism, you know, and midweek game, it was always going to be weird. We haven't played Loudon yet. Um, you know, Lily goes off with it, with another I don't want to say different system, but players playing in different roles than we would normally see also with um, more, it it wasn't the established, you know, 11 Barnathan at left center back, you know, we, I thought he was a midfield and, you know, a midfielder and he played pretty well there. Um, You know, Fernandez coming in the starting lineup, Vlade playing in the number 10. Um, So good, good enough. Um, And yeah, I'll, I'll pause there. (laughs) I don't want this to be a monologue.
0: Well, I mean, you know, we had also talked about this was what our third game in however many days. So we were expecting tired legs. Um, it's, yeah, we're we're just sort of in a tough stretch. So I agree. i'm I'm happy that we got the three points, but there's just <laughs> there's just this small piece that you start to see little trends like passes that are a little too heavy. Or guys that are lunging at things that you just start to go like, is there is there something else here? Maybe I, mean, I don't. I don't, know. Want, I don't want to sound like
2: a broken record, but I think it's it's fitness issues again. And I think it's more excusable in in, a, in this game where it's a midweek game um, where you have a few players coming in and out. Um, but no, I, I think a core. If if I could flip a switch and have one thing fixed and and have just all of the players' fitness levels raised, I think you would see a whole new level out of this team. I think so many things that are just slightly off are due to tired leg. Yeah. Like you said, like there's a lot of outstretched legs rather than, you know, it, I think, I mean, I heard it from Klopp, but obviously I'm sure there's a ton of other managers who have said it before him, but you know, the reason why you commit a foul is because you're late. Like it's not because, you know, it's, it's are late or you're out of position. And, and usually if you're late or if you're out of position, just because you're late. you know, you're tired and you're not, you know, so you're getting, so and we, commit, we committed a lot of fouls in this game. And so, yeah, I, I, the fitness levels, I think, are still still a concern.
1: It was not good. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> it, it just, it, I hear what you're saying there, definitely. And, and we were lucky not to get scored on in this game, even after we went up a man. Uh, because, uh, what's his uh, number nine? Uh, that Endor? Uh, Endor, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was knocking on the door left and right. Like I thought he was going to score. I think I even made the comment to Liz like during the game, like with first couple of minutes, like uh, he's going to score on us before this game's over. Like there's no way he does it. And yeah, it was just luck that he did not get one of those in um, and good goalkeeping. Honestly, uh, there was a couple that that uh, were pretty close saves. So I'm, I'm still surprised though,
0: that this ended 2 zero. There was one in particular when Endor got in behind the D and it was one on none versus Vidiello and Vidiello sort of reached out. He tried to chip Vidiello and Vidiello got his paw on it and smacked it away. I thought, yeah, Kev, like you said, I I think Vidiello might've had man of the match, which is weird to say when you have a two nothing win. But I thought what was interesting, especially early on, Josh, I was with you. I, I was expecting, you know, Endor or Due um, to, to put one away because they were just, pressing the crap out of our D um, but it also felt very much like down the stretch we could sort of see the differences between teams that are two teams versus teams that are like part of the championship because I mean they're all part of the championship but I think you know what I mean they're not a Louisville they're not a Pittsburgh they're not an Indy you have players like Endor who would rather take on three or four guys and score a wonder goal because it makes him look good to the to the one team up in MLS then you go for the team goal. And he had a couple chances where he could have laid off a pass and, and the team would have been in a better situation. But he was looking out, you know, trying to get himself noticed. Um, so that's just something else to sort of keep an eye on. And it could be, you know, one of the big reasons why when you look at our our table in Group F, which we'll get to in a bit, there's a very clear distinction between the teams that are two teams and the teams that are not two teams, um, because you have us in Hartford, and then ten points away you have the rest of the two teams at the bottom of the table. So I still think something weird's
2: happening with Red Bull. I mean, because when when we watched them, especially in the way, in the away game, and to be fair, when we played them home as well, I still thought they were a good team. I mean, I I don't know what's happening to them in, in their last six games or whatever that they've lost, um, but yeah i mean I, the caveat i would say with is, is with the red bulls yeah um one interesting stat
0: that uh, i didn't realize but the announcer said at the very end of the game in this game with this clean sheet that made 37 clean sheets in 76 games <laughs> since lily's been here that's 48 percent of our games since lily has arrived have been clean sheets which wow. is kind of insane <laughs> when you think about it. i don't know where that like I don't even know what that number is, you know, league wide. But that was just something that stunned me to think that basically half of our games have been clean
1: sheets. is pretty incredible. Is that is that homework for uh, Steve and Justin? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, no big deal, guys. Just figure out what the average clean sheet record is for the whole <laughs> league, individual teams, if you could, and then rank them from best to worst. Um, thanks a lot, guys.
0: Somewhere Justin is like,
2: son of a... <laughs> <like, laughs>
0: throwing his
1: drink down.
2: <laughs> this is all
0: Josh's idea, guys, I swear. Don't blame us. Uh, well,
2: a, a clean sheet, too. Like I said, I mean, not to kind of bring the point up again, but a clean sheet with, you know, Barnathan and Lindstrom playing. Um, you know, not not the kind of established starting 11 on, and uh, the established back line. Well, to be fair, I think
0: Lindstrom has looked... Really good. That's not to say anything of Barnathan, but since Lindstrom has been back from injury, he looks. He played in this game. He got however many minutes the game before that. He got. He came in late, maybe twenty minutes. Played this game. Played the last game that we just had that we're going to talk about next. I think he looks solid. Like I think he looks like a Skylar Thomas that can just sort of step in. Provides a lot of height. Is sort of that balance on the opposite side of uh, Tommy V. And uh, yeah, it looks good. So I got no complaints um but if yeah
1: for this group though like i, I don't know like i right. uh, all this is caveat with the fact that i do feel like we have been extremely lucky to get this group that we got and uh, i think uh, the our tune would be completely different if we were playing the louis and the indies constantly and like they were like in our table or in our group and all that kind of stuff like i this could be a very different story this year
0: i i posed this question on twitter Um, are either of you concerned at all about the level of teams that we're going to be playing down the stretch and how that could potentially impact our level of play heading into the playoffs?
1: Go ahead, Kevin. I'll let you go first.
2: Are you sure? No, you're (laughs) you're
1: winding up. I I will say this. If if it holds typical to a Lily team that we've seen in Pittsburgh, I am less worried because I feel like we ramp up to that quality instead of being like some teams which have, you know, like streaks, like they're very streaky. They'll have like a good beginning, a middle or something like that. But, but with a Lily team, it always seems to ramp up. So by the time we get to the playoffs, but it is a shorter season. So that's keep that in mind. But by the time we get to the playoffs, I feel like we should be on par to be, you know, competitive with these other teams, but who knows, you know,
2: yeah, I completely agree with what you just said, and I think it's it's a really difficult question to answer because I think if if you look at, I don't know, I it would be interesting to look at this like a cross sport, but I only know like soccer, so I can't say like what hockey or basketball or football or you know, what. Um, but it, it, like if for for European soccer, right? Um, you know, we have a Champions League final with PSG and Bayern Munich. You know, PSG in France they're unchallenged every year and they're, and their and their criticism is the french league's so easy and then they step in the champions league and they can never make it and that's why they fall out and that's why they haven't won champions league you know this year they get to the final same thing with bayern munich bayern munich have won the last since 2012 2013 bayern munich have won every bundesliga t- uh, title they've walked it And, and, you know, this, this year they get to the Champions League final. So I think that's, and same thing with Juventus And so there's, there's a, there's a critique against these teams where, oh, well, once you get into the big competitions where you're playing better teams, these teams who week in week out play, you know, poor, relatively poor teams, they're not going to, they're not going to cut it. I I think it's so individual and unique to the team and the players that you're that you're looking at and examining. So I think it's it, w- it would be hard to make the jump to say, well, we're constantly playing like lower quality, and so we're not going to be able to ramp up when we play our higher quality. I think it has to more more to do with you know Lily and the in the teams. And I was thinking about this while watching this game, I, especially with uh, the second half when we when we don't score while well, well, being up a man. You know, the question that keep coming com- coming into mind was. Are you know? Are we being ruthless enough? Right? Like, yes, it's 2-0, zero. We're up a man. It's so easy to just be like, this game's won. Like, we'll coast. No problem whatsoever. It's it's hard to fight against that, and to fight against that, yeah, you have that kind of. Nope. We're I, like, we're scoring six, seven, eight goals here, and uh, I didn't I didn't necessarily see that. So I so initially I was like, well, okay, this this team has a problem with being ruthless. But at the same time, we go back and what we put at least four past Philly, we put four past Red Bulls, you know, and and those were games where people wanted to keep scoring and scoring and scoring, and this wasn't a complacency issue in those games, so it would be I think it'd be hard for me to go back and say then there was a complacency issue in this Loudon game. Um, So I don't know. It's for me, it's really hard to tell. I think we'll, you know, we'll get more information as the season goes on. But I think, yeah, the the most hopeful thing is is what Josh mentioned is historically, Lily teams keep getting better and better. That's what we saw last season, and I, I think that's still what we're going to see this season too.
0: I'm slightly concerned, um, to be honest, because I think had we not seen these games sort of back to back where the Hounds are up for 45 minutes, uh, you know, and they basically have an extra player on the field and can sort of take advantage of it and we don't see them take advantage of it. That does make me slightly concerned that, not that the secret is out, but I think that, you know, the Hounds seem to do better when they don't have the majority of the possession, um, where they can sort of spread things out. They can sort of attack quickly. But if teams bunker against us, we have struggled. And, And I'm worried that, you know, I think we were thinking like, oh, Danny Griffin is like the answer. You know, Danny Griffin's played well, but like he hasn't been, you know, spectacular like we had seen early on in the season. And I don't know if he is necessarily that guy that can sort of cut a team open. And it was interesting. I was watching a a video on YouTube the other day about Thiago, um, who is now at Bayern, been at Bayern for a little while. And they talked about sort of what makes him so good. And obviously he plays at Bayern. Like we're, I'm comparing this to the USL, but he is not afraid to take on a player to create more space. And they talked about the number of opportunities where he will immediately take four or five guys out of a play with just one pass or just one step into space. And now there's three guys behind him and he, and he creates space for his teammates. I've only really seen one or two guys do that on our team so far this year. And it has been Tommy V where he will step up from the back line and leave somebody behind them and step straight into space. And then also uh, Kenny. Kenny will try to do that from time to time. But every, every everybody else seems to want to make the pass, do what you're supposed to, rather than sort of have that creative itch to do something unexpected to catch the other team off guard. And so I'd love to see that. Whether or not that's required for USL, I don't know. But that that's what leaves me just a little bit worried.
2: Th- this kind of segues me into a, one of the main points I wanted to mention for the Loudon game. I don't know. I, I I think, so we always kind of, I think talk about it in a lighthearted way, like, Oh, Lily's screaming again. And like, doesn't that, wouldn't that be terrible if you're a player and Lily's blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm starting to transition that into potentially being more of a serious thing that I think we as fans need to consider and think about and talk about. Um, I, I think it's like you talking about having, having the bravery to take the risk, take the chance and try to beat a player and then, you know, open up the field in front of you. The way Lily kind of constantly coaches from the sideline. I don't think, I don't think there's, I don't think he's really, I'm, I'm making huge speculation here. I'm watching them on game day. I, it's, you know, so I'm caveating this this statement with that, but I don't think he's really empowering his players to be problem solvers on the field. I think he's he's constantly saying, "No, no, I'll, I can fix this. Let me t- no, you drop in here. Like no, you're out of position, move up, make this run, drop in the hole." He kept you know yelling at Valade, "Drop it in the hole, drop it in the hole, drop it in the hole." As a player, I think subconsciously it's it's nearly impossible to to try to then see a problem that you identify and think, "No way, I'm, I'm going to go solve this." And then in the back of your mind, hearing him say, no, move up, move down, blah, 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 do this, do that. And, and yeah, I mean, Kenny and Vankia Azio both have enough clout in the team where, yeah, they can feel comfortable like I'm going to try to beat a man. Like, whereas I don't like if you're another player and you're constantly getting yelled at. And if you try to beat it like and you lose the ball, it's I don't know. I mean, I, I heard it with it was. Barnathan, uh, I I remember an example of Barnathan where he was trying to make a pass and he gave it away, and immediately, you know, Lily's Lily's yelling at him. I think it's, it's 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 becoming an issue where you want players to be able to have the confidence to read read how the game's going, you know, understand what the opposition are doing in real time, and then try to adapt to it. And I just, I don't know how much the players are kind of problem solving in their own head and, and how much of it is just Lily trying to play chess from the sideline, moving the pieces themselves. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of worry about that a little bit.
0: It's, it's a weird line, right? Because it's kind of like considering all the success and the teams that we've had since Lily comes in, like you don't want to say like, Lily, stop doing what you're doing. It's just just (laughs) like,
2: yeah. I'm just trying to think about like the, 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 the the heights we could hit maybe. I don't know. I, and you're right. I mean, like, look at the end of the day, this might, this like might be what has to be for this, for this group of players for, for the USL for whatever. Um, In which case, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely speaking out of term. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's just a thought that it has kept popping in my head. Um, the yeah, season it, when there, when there's no audience and we can just hear Lily clearly.
1: It's also weird because like we've talked about before where like players come back to him, you know what I mean? We have so many players that have left and then come back to Lily. So it's like, it's hard to figure out if that is, you know, more evidence to the contrary of what you're saying, or maybe it's just that, you know, it's, it's, while it's tough to play for Lily, it's also kind of nice because you have that, you know, that blanket right there that, you know, that safety net where he can tell you exactly what you should be doing. And you can kind of just like, go for it and use your athletic abilities. Um, But we also have players like Forbes, who is obviously a great technical mind when he plays and he he has that wherewithal. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. You never, you're never, never not
0: knowing where you stand with Lily. Like, oh, I think there, there, sure. there are some guys, like, it happens in, in business too, right? Where, like, you might get fired and nobody will tell you why. And, it, like, you, that's never going to happen with Lily. Like, you're going to know why you're not doing something good. And if you're not doing it over and over again, he's going to let you, it's not going to be a surprise if you're cut next year. It's just sort of like, that's that's how he operates.
2: Well, and taking that business analogy, you're right. I mean, th- there are some people who naturally flourish and work better in an environment where you have someone close to you guiding you and and that might be the case where this group of players that's what they need that's what they respond to and that's how lily you know manages them there's also some people in other work environments where it's it's like you know the office space like hey peter what's it's like just i got this like i got the tpo (laughs) reports i know how to do this stop yelling at me about it you know what i mean like so i guess yeah it all depends on the uh, on the group of of players and, and how they respond to it but yeah no yeah those are all good points yeah
0: let's move on to the next game um because we did have two this week like i mentioned st louis came to town uh found a way to claw back from being two nothing down and walk away with a two two draw we have not beaten st louis at highmark stadium yet Mm -hmm. so yeah (laughs) that's yeah um yeah. Before we get into this, like real quick, cause I want to get your takeaways. One thing that never occurred to me until I was watching this game on the screen and I saw sort of the two logos side by side is just how similar the Hounds logo is with the St. Louis logo. And now I can't remember which one came first, but honestly, they're both round. They both have the city at the top and the club name at the bottom. They both have the years in the middle. Somehow, Ours is 1999, which is when the team, when the Hounds was founded. St. Louis did the year their city was founded, which is 1764. (laughs) Like, way to reach deep there. And then they both have sort of the secondary symbol in the middle. But otherwise, like, exactly the same logos. Anyway, that's just sort of a side thing. Uh, Josh, you stayed up and watched this game. I went to bed and missed the second half. (laughs) Why don't we start with you on the takeaways?
1: Yeah, honestly, The second half was not fun to watch. I don't know if it was just how late it was or what, but yeah, the second half was frustrating. Uh, And obviously that goal that they got at the end of this first half was also frustrating, but it just kind of felt like the team, maybe even both teams to some uh, um, extent were kind of just on autopilot that second half. And just was like, okay, going through the motions here. Let's wait for this game to, to end. Um, but yeah, it, it this game, it, whereas with Loudon, I was frustrated to see the Hounds not you know, attack more after being up a man and just kind of worried that we were going to lose that lead in this one. That's what exactly what happened was we lost that lead. It, you know, The Hounds kind of stopped attacking. It felt like they were kind of just there. And yeah, we got punished for it.
0: Yeah. The, the Hounds started early, or started hot early, like we said. They got two goals. Mensa was sort of all over the place early on, was looking hot. He got the uh, sort of heel flick. It was a crazy goal. Like, there was a cross into the box. He sort of turned and flicked it behind him, and I couldn't tell if it deflected off the defender or not, and then went off the crossbar, at which point Kyle Morton was on the ground, so Mensa was able to, like, dive in and finish it. So anytime Mensa gets a goal, you got to be happy for the guy because of the amount of work that he puts into it. Um, And then he was semi-involved in Robbie's goal as well in the 40th minute where the ball was played across to Mensa. He went to turn and lost control of it, but then the ball still sort of rolled through the 18 and Robbie was able to pounce on it, do the nice little left-footed fadeaway falling shot. Um, and, and buried it in the opposite corner. So after that, I think I, you know, Josh, like you said, I was like, all right, you know, we're up to nothing. We're feeling good. I felt better about how we played this first half. I thought we looked better than what we did in Loudon. So I was having very little doubts. And then, like you said, you know, what, the 40, it, it was 45th plus one St. Mm-hmm. Louis gets their goal. And, uh, you know, honestly, it was a case where it was sort of a fluky ball bouncing in. When you watch the replay and look like the guys were sort of standing around a little bit, like it it was sort of saved, and then nobody sort of followed up on it, and and Kyle Gregg got a clean shot
2: on it, and it just it, it didn't look good. Um, maybe an an interesting point to point out, particularly in that goal. I thought, I mean, Gomez was a little suspect on that goal, if not throughout the whole game, and in the previous game in Loudon, where you know we praised Vitiello so much, you know, I I, I want if there might be a serious conversation, at least for me now, moving forward. I mean, look, Gomez has been fairly solid for the for, for most of the season. And I, I would say probably this is the first game where he's had, it, it hasn't been, you know, rock solid. So, um, But I think VTL has looked good in both games that he's played. Red Bulls and Loudon um, maybe deserves more chances. But then you get into that whole conversation of, do we really want to keep swapping goalkeepers back and forth, which Lily likes to do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Gomez may be a little suspect for that one.
0: I mean, I felt like, yeah, maybe on the goal, but there, I think it might have been this game where I actually tweeted out that Gomez makes certain things look easy that previous keepers did not. So even just coming out to challenge a crossing ball, Gomez sort of has a presence and sort of a leadership and, and sort of a commanding essence in that box where he he just comes out and makes it look easy. Whereas you know, I'm thinking just the other opposite end of the field, you have Kyle Morton. And I'm just thinking, like, just keep pressing the heck out of Kyle Morton because we know if he tries to play it with his feet, it likely is going out of bounds. Like, love the guy. Great. But, like, we've seen flaws in a lot of these keepers over the past few years that I think that Gomez has uh, sort of shown... Uh, shown I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. He's been better. So, like... But I get, I get your point, Gav. Um,
1: yeah. So Yeah, that... I, even the second goal uh, in the second half, it was a um, was like I forget how far outside the box with a penalty kick outside the box. And it different. yeah, and that it looked pretty saveable <laughs> to me. Like he it's not like he got, you know, trick diving the wrong way or something like that. He he dove the right direction. It just, just managed to get in before he get to it. And I, I don't know. That was kind of upsetting to see that too, especially since, you know, we had been ahead and it felt like it should have been able to be put away and seeing that goal go in was very heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
0: One other thing that I noticed in this first half, and it's sort of been the story of the season for me a little bit, is it seems like when we do a better job of winning the second ball, the hounds dominate games and this was a case where we were not winning the second ball we would go up we'd win a lot of headers but then those headers would drop to somebody in St. Louis and I think when you play a system like this you know where you have sort of the big men up front you have the big men in back you're sort of banking on any sort of long balls you're going to try to take control of them right so you have um, like a Skyler or or a Mark Lindstrom that are going to win headers that are coming in at the D even Tommy V and you need somebody there to then pull those balls down, control them, and go the other way. And if you don't, that's when the other team can, can cause some problems for you. And it's the same thing offensively, right, where we've talked about where it's great having somebody like a Mensa or like a Duba up top where they win the first ball um, and maybe they're knocking it down to somebody like, you know, a Robbie or a Danny Griffin that are streaking and get that second ball. And just this game, we were just not winning the second balls. Um, and I don't know how you – fix that that feels like that's much more like a tactical positioning sort of thing um which is not just like play better but uh something i would like to see us clean up here down the stretch of these last seven games
2: so i I would say a positive thing um i was really happy to see looking at the highlights uh because yeah i didn't get a chance to watch this game but um in, in the highlights leading up to the goals we we const we had we had good numbers attacking the. Block. Oh yeah, um, I think the first goal. Uh, you know, we had three people like crashing the net, and and the second goal, similar. I mean, it, it, yeah, Griffin was following up if if Mertz you know dropped it off or something. Um, so I think it, it, in a historically, I remember last season in particular that being a, a criticism of mine of Lily where. Um, yeah it's it just too many times it felt like it was like nico brett or to santos by themselves trying to do it all um but here with with the kind of attacking minded midfielders that we have in mertz and griffin and velarde um yeah they're not they're not afraid to crash uh the 18 and make late runs in the box and i, and that, I think that's really benefited from i don't know i mean and speaking of like stats it, it it seems like we're scoring a higher number of goals than we historically have been i mean <laughs> Josh i remember last what last time you mentioned like yeah the goal difference we've had is is ridiculous um and i, I think you know that it has to be a in large contribution to just the
1: number of people that were committing forward yeah i mean and uh, to be frank the the quality of the teams that we're playing uh, also helps our yeah. goal differential a lot. Um, we didn't have a majority of the possession this game. Uh, I mean, pretty much I think our stats, as far as like just looking at the general stats of the game, we were kind of uh, the lower team on all the stats, essentially. Shots on goal, I think, might have been the only thing I remember being a little bit more evenly. Nope, never mind. Uh, Louisville, I mean, St. Louis was uh, 17 shots. We had uh, 10. So, Yeah. Yeah, our goal
0: differential is currently 14, which is second in the league only to Phoenix, who have an 18 goal differential. So, yeah, we've been scoring a lot of goals and not <laughs> giving up a lot, um, which is good. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Josh, how did you pass the, uh, what was it, three hours of rain delay?
1: Uh, watching a storm because that <laughs> storm was <laughs> terrible.
0: We got nothing out here. Like there was
1: literally, we had no rain
0: at all. It was crazy.
1: Um, Yeah, it's from all reports. It's just like one of the worst storms in Highmark as far as like during a game that uh, we have seen like a top three. I think I think Diva said that. But uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so it's a terrible storm. So I was out on the porch for some of it until the wind got a little bit too heavy and the rain was kind of pushing into the house or under the porch. So it's like, okay, let's go back inside. Uh, yeah, making uh, some cocktails that was fun. Uh, and then (laughs) the game started up again. It's like, all right, let's go. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it it was interesting to see. So, you know, a lot of games in a row, tired legs, that big of a break, though, you, you kind of does that help or hurt the players right. to get a second wind? And as far as the substitutions go, you would think it helped because no one used five subs. Either team did. We used three. Um, St. Louis used two. So it, it was definitely interesting to think of it that way. Be like, oh, there's hardly any subs kind of makes sense. But at the same time, like why wouldn't it? I, I, okay. This goes back to our fact that we don't really have as much depth as we would like to because of, injuries and uh, players uh, still not being here yet. But uh, yeah, it would have been nice to see us be able to take advantage of that delay and use all the substitutions and kind of have more oomph behind the ball in the second half. But it didn't happen.
0: It makes me slightly concerned because it sounds almost like what you're saying and what I'd sort of expect is mental like you know we talked about st louis's first goal coming in like stoppage time of the first half and then you talk about you know and this is all like to be expected but you know you're you're off for two and a half three hours and you're supposed to come back out and you come out flat like that that feels mental we've talked about the number of games now where the hounds have given up a goal late that's mental so like again i i Look, we're in first place in Group F. We're going to talk about the table here in just a second, but uh, it's a little concerning. But I think, you know, it's also our job to sort of look for these kind of things and point out things that uh, might
1: be concerning, even though maybe
0: they're not as concerning as we thought.
1: So I would say this game was mental, maybe. But in general, I do think it is fitness. Going back to Mm -hmm. what Kevin said, like it does feel like this is all fitness based, Our issues are uh, just not being able to close out games. You know, hounds were not exactly uh strangers to that. So it, it's it's that issue: uh strong starts, weak finishes. And for this one, it, it, maybe you're right. Mental uh, exhaustion. It could also yeah. be it just because you, it is late, and you're you're kind of like, ah, this game's still going on. So it, that is kind of still a fitness issue as well. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk
0: a little bit about the table, gentlemen. I know it feels like it's too early, but honestly, we've got seven games left. I know, you know, the Steel Army. I guess one other thing real quick about that game. I missed it, but the Steel Army tweeted out that it was great seeing, I guess, Toby and uh, Lily hugging it out after the game was over. So that's always good to see. You know, we miss Toby. But um, back to the table. We are currently at the top of group F with 16 points. Like I said, we're tied with Hartford, but we've played two more games than they have. We got 16 point Red Bulls are in third with six points. So like I said, we're 10 points ahead. We have seven games left. Three are against Hartford, two against Loudon, one against Red Bulls, two against Philly. The obvious question at this point to me is just, are either of you concerned about us not making the playoffs at
1: this point? No, I, I think we make the playoffs. I am interested to see how we look against Hartford. That is an opponent. Like they're the other, you know, top contender in our group. So obviously they're the ones that we, we have the most opportunity with by having those three games against them. If, if we're able to win those, if we're better than Hartford, then there's, there's no doubt that we're at the top of the table, obviously. So
0: yeah. Hartford has had a few games that have been postponed, uh, with Philly. And I don't know if those games will be played or not. We've talked about, uh, you know, for some of these games where the case may be COVID, they may just not play them and the, the, the tiebreaker might just end up being goal differential instead of points. So, um, so, you know, keep an eye on that as
2: the season unfolds, but Kev, you're not concerned at all about us not making the playoffs. No, I mean, cause it would, it would take either the red bulls or Loudon to mount a, I mean, they would have to win all their games essentially at, at, at the rate. And we'd have to collapse. Exactly. At, at the rate that we're going, Red Bull, Red Bulls are allowed and would have to win all our games and, uh, and we would have to lose more than we would win. I, I haven't done the math on that, but that sounds about right. Um, I think the also important thing is, I mean, out of the seven games, four at home, which yeah. that's the side of the scale you want to be on. Um, and yeah, I mean, Hartford is still the question mark around here, but I don't know. I mean, I've seen enough, enough of Loudon now. I'm not, I, I I feel like we can go and beat them two more times that we play them. Um, Beth Steele, not worried about it at all. You know, last game of the season at home, Um, Red Bulls have been capitulating a little bit. So Hartford is really the only question mark around it. So no, I mean, I I think as far as making the playoffs, we'll be fine. Um, Yeah. I just hit, a cliff, and I didn't know where I was going to go next to it. <laughs> <laughs> you throw yourself off the cliff, and you keep going, Kev. Yep. Um, well, okay, I mean, you guys
0: are both talking about Hartford. Next up is Hartford, Friday night, 7 p.m. We head to Hartford. So just to give you a little bit of background, because, um, you know, like we said, Justin and Steve might end up doing a preview show for this one. Recently, Hartford beat the Red Bulls 2-1, to and then they drew 2-2 with Loudon. So if you're looking for sort of a comparison, yes, you know, we beat Red Bulls. Red Bulls also beat us. Um, and, you know, we did win 2 nothing against Loudoun. Uh, Loudon sort of mounted a late comeback in that game. I know a lot of people were watching that one. I think they scored both goals after the 80th minute. Hartford was up 2 nothing. Loudon came back, scored two goals after the 80th minute to draw that 1-2-2. Hartford are currently 4-0-1 at home, so they haven't lost at home yet this season. So that might be something to watch this Friday is just, you know – are they are they more of a home team versus an away team and in that case you know we have more games away we play them three times so
2: they have to come travel to us the next two but um really interesting point i'm looking at the stats of the hartford loudon 2-2 game um in that game there was a total between hartford and, and loudon a total of around 700 passes in our game against loudon there's well over a thousand I mean, so, I mean, it, thinking about how much we move the ball and how much Loudon moved the ball in the game uh, midweek, you know, and just take away, you know, around 400 passes, <laughs> and that's the game. It's kind of crazy to think about. Like, there, there wasn't a lot of, seemingly, from the numbers, didn't watch a lick of it, obviously. But, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I mean, what, what sort of,
0: lead? I mean, is that just sort of a lot of, Back and forth, direct play, like sort
2: of a lot of balls over the top, and you just sort of hope and pray. That's what makes me think because there was still Hartford still got six shots on target, and Loudon got four shots on target. Yeah, um, so they were still, you know, they were having shots and, and testing and keepers, and um, so yeah. I mean, I, I, there was also what I'm counting it up now. There was also 36 fouls. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I watched some of this game, and it was not the the prettiest game. And the fact that Hartford was able to come back at the very end there in the 89th minute. And And, um, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, that's it. Loudon was winning the whole. Oh, game. Oh no, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Loudon yeah, yeah. was up. Hartford came back in yeah. the 80. Because I was excited yeah, yeah. because I'm like I want Loudon to win because yeah, you know, obviously Hartford has two games in hand and all that jazz. So I was hoping for Loudon to win. And the fact that Hartford came back and scored an 85th in the 89th just made me throw my hands up and go. Mm. But yeah. it, still, one point is still better than three points. So yeah,
0: Could both of the, both of Hartford's goals came off of set pieces by Nagelstad. So. He's the one to watch for on Friday. He didn't score both of them. The first one, it was a set piece and he put it in the back of the net. The second one hit the crossbar and they had a player trailing and he headed it into the net. So, he came on as a sub, but just something to keep in mind, like let's let's keep the uh, fouls at around, you know, 20-30 yards out at a minimum, guys, cuz <laughs> you know, they were pretty lethal against Loudon. So, something to watch out for. Guys, thoughts on this one? predictions how how are we feeling about this we've all sort of said that hartford is sort of it's ridiculous to say like they're like the last test for us you know heading into the heading into the offseason we have to play them three times they're the only one of the teams that we have left to play that we haven't played yet are you nervous are you confident kev you and i talked a while back ago about you know maybe it was an after show now i can't remember it was an
2: after show yeah
0: Yeah, where it was like are you excited to go in and win or are you nervous not to lose and i think that's a good way to think about this one josh do you feel that you are excited to go in and win or are you nervous to not lose this one
1: um i'm excited more than nervous but at the same time i'm looking at a little bit farther out like kind of like Macro, I guess you would say like I I'm more just interested in seeing how this plays out because I do think it's going to be a fun, interesting, like, you know, Hey, this is a good test and we can see where we stand here. And it's, it's a game that feels more important than the rest of these group stages games. I felt, um, even against the, you know, big hitters like Indy and Louie, those games were outside of our group. So it kind of felt like not friendlies because the points mattered, but it, it didn't feel as important as a game against an in-group, and all of our in-group games have been against two teams who are not, you know, exactly been the best opponents. So this is the first one that feels like it, it is in a very important game. It's you know six-point swing essentially, and it, it should be fun to watch. So I'm excited for it.
2: Gav, are you excited or nervous? Uh, excited for the same reasons I think that Josh mentioned, but I think also it's because we have such a big buffer. I think if Red Bulls were, you know, sniffing at our heels and there was a two point gap, I think I'd be a lot more nervous for this game, but I think I I feel comfortable enough now that, you know, with the quality of this team and with the quality of Lily and where we're at in the table, I feel very confident that, yeah, we'll, we'll make the playoffs. So in that regard, there's a lot of the fear gone from that. Um, but you're, yeah, you're right. I, I think this this could be I don't know this could be the shot in the arm that we need. Um, like how Josh was mentioning, because of how this table stands, we I don't want to say we can artificially create um, like importance uh, around this game because there is importance around this game. There is, as Josh mentioned, a, a potential kind of six point swing. Um, I, I'm hoping that that level of importance will will bring everyone's game up because it does feel against st louis and against loudon it it felt like not we were going through the motions and it could have you know it it could have been because of tired legs three games in eight days or whatever um but it it felt like we were i don't know we we weren't we weren't at it we weren't sharp mentally we weren't sharp physically um and hopefully you know a game of maybe higher importance will bring that out of us uh and yeah i think hartford could be could be that game yeah, I agree. The guys get almost a full week of rest
0: after a lot of back-and-forth games, especially, you know, ending sort of whatever, however many games it was in a short period of time on Saturday. You would then have, you know, the rain delay, and then it's a late game, and you're exhausted, so now they get some rest. They gotta travel to Hartford. Um, I think you're right. This is a new team, so you're not going in with any sort of preconceived notions of like, ah, oh, well, you know, we beat these guys 4 nothing last time, so we're just gonna walk all over them. Um, so they're going to get up for the game. They know that Hartford's right behind them in the table. And uh, and it'll be interesting. I think if, if Hartford plays sort of a really direct game, we could end up in sort of one of those back and forth games that I know Lily doesn't like, but I also think could suit us well where it's much more open. They're not sort of sitting back on D. And uh, we could see a bit of a high scoring match here, which could be really entertaining. So I think in that regard, I've talked my way into being excited about this one as opposed to being nervous. So um, real quick, let's do some score predictions and then get out of here. Josh, what do you think?
1: Oh, I'm going to be boring. Just do the normal 2-1 hounds. Kev?
2: Say 2-0 hounds.
0: I'm going to say 3-1 hounds. Um, and I think Duba scores, and that's why we win, because when Duba scores, we win. That's just what happens.
1: I mean, not anymore. Oh, <laughs> wait. we draw. Uh-huh. Yeah, he scores
2: the St. Louis game. I thought it was Mensa and Mertz. Oh was yeah, it that's true. Yeah. yeah, I was meant that. Okay. Yeah.
1: you're right. You're yeah. right. I'm sorry. I thought it was Woo! Duba. We still got that. Woo! All right, good. Okay.
0: Thanks. You just crushed my spirit. For the I know. I was like, oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> derp. Ah, well, that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you know, you're know you a Patreon follower, make sure that you go check out the After Show, which we are going to record immediately after this. We've had an uptick in Patreon subscribers. We thank you all for that. Again, all of that money for Patreon goes right back to all of you. Um, we ordered a bunch of masks. They seem to be a hit. Everybody loves them. Um, we just keep doing cool stuff like that uh, as we need to. So if you want to check out the After Show, which we still have to pick a topic, which could be a very fun topic this evening head over to patreon all of the after shows are there so you can listen to all the past ones as well they're not like timely and meaning like you you know if you miss a week then it doesn't matter we talk about sort of much broader topics there so check that out this is your weekly reminder the black lives matter go and get the latest steel army shirt love pittsburgh hate racism black lives matter over at steelarmy.com wear your damn mask you know we said mongols masks go wear them um Thanks to our sponsor, Roughnecks Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Looking for more great USL news, make sure you go check out BGN.fm. We say it every week, tons of writers, tons of other podcasts, Um, go check out what's going on over there. A lot of fun stuff. A lot of really great people doing a lot of great work. Um, definitely worth a check out. Otherwise, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.